Welcome back to another episode of Opinionated Off Topic. Today we got a very, very dope special guest, uh, John Kilmer. I'll let him introduce himself. Sorry about that. I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, how are you? <laughs> and I uh, got to get into it. John, you're on the air. You know? I, that's awesome, man. No, it's uh, it's dope to be here in person. Uh, like we were just talking before we started recording. Uh, I usually do these over Zoom. So it's like it's dope to be able to connect with you all and uh, be here in person while I'm in Austin. And uh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no, thank you for again for driving out, especially uh, just planning it during the day and stuff. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. So it's, it's, it's really appreciated that you came out. Is it fun to be on here. the other side of it? To be on the other side of yeah. it, where I don't have to worry about the recording and shit. Yeah. Secretly, I'm like worried about it still. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, man, is camera school? Is, it, is everything is everything working all right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I wasn't used to like being in 4K because I'm always doing it over Zoom. So mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck it, make sure the curls were right and everything. Yeah. Well, luckily, we don't shoot in 4K, yeah, so don't don't have to worry about that. We're going 1080. Yeah. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah. 4K, I'm not, not worried about it's, it. It's too much. And the people, rendering, the uploading. looks like shit in 4K. I don't even know yeah. why they invented 4K. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, um, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you grew up, all that good stuff. Oh, geez. All right. I guess I'll, uh, I'll start on my birth, I guess. Uh, born in Boston. I've been a Boston guy for life. My, uh, my parents still live there. I, um, I went to school in New York and Long Island, got a film degree, always been interested in, uh, music and film. And I'm one of those annoying guys that just like knew what they wanted to do at a young age which I know it's not the case for most people, so I'm really grateful for that. But uh, since I was like 13, 14 years old, I always loved videos and I always loved music. Uh, I picked up guitar when I was like 14 years old, picked up my first camera when I was like 13, 14, fell in love with both things. Uh, when I was like 16, I was going to fucking film camp, <laughs> which is like is a thing. Believe it or not, it's a thing. Uh, I went to sleepaway film camp and... Uh, Music was a little more self-taught for me. Um, I taught myself music production and audio engineering and pretty much like a lot of instruments like guitar and bass and drums and shit like that. So I uh, always knew I wanted to do that. Uh, never knew what I wanted to do with either, but I just knew I loved creating and I love both. So um, you just pick up a camera one day like, dude, it's is- a lot of it just starts with being a kid and just like fucking around and like falling in love with it. You know, like I, I picked up a camera and like cameras weren't that readily. I mean, I'm old. I'm in my thirties. So like back in the, back in like the early two thousands, you know, cameras weren't like that readily available. Like, yeah, like the cameras back then were like far shittier than camera like on your iphone now you know what i mean in the 2000s did they still have the uh they were called mini dv tapes and they came out on the side with it well you put the the whatever it's called can't remember what it's called the film the film inside the camera uh kind of it, it was like it was brown like a, film it was almost like a little cassette it was like it was like a, almost like a little cassette tape and it was called mini dv those were the ones that i used back then and like yeah you pop it in and uh it's like an hour or whatever and i still have i still have at my house uh my childhood house i still have like like 60 of them from like, you know, when I was in eighth grade and ninth grade. And Have you ever thought shooting a video with those? Have I what? Have you ever thought about shooting something with those now? Now? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't have the camera anymore. I wish I did. But man, yeah, it started with just like, you know, Jackass was big back then. So I'm like, yeah. and they tell you in the beginning of the Jackass show, don't, don't do it. Don't home. do it. <laughs> yeah. And of course, when you're a kid, you're like, do it at home. let's go make Jackass videos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, so uh, it, dude, it started with like, like that. Just like having a camera when I was that young and, uh, just like fucking around my friends, lighting shit on fire, uh, you know, jumping off of roofs and like, you know, doing dumb shit. And then that 
turned into uh, you know like going to stuff like film camp and like actually learning the trade and like learning the the craft. And then it made me want to go to school and actually like major in it. So uh, that was kind of like my trajectory. And um, yeah, always was doing music on the side. Mm. And then a few things happened to me in college where like music started to like really take over. I got a few lucky breaks um, when I was when I was a junior. I was in a fraternity. And I was just kind of partying a lot. I wasn't really like taking school that seriously. I was taking film seriously, but I wasn't really taking school that seriously. Um, but when I was a junior, uh, a rapper named Chris Webby yeah. joined my Chris fraternity, Webby. moved into my fraternity house. I was in the basement and I built out like this home. Re- this was like, again, this was like a while ago. So it wasn't that common to have like a recording studio in your house. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. that common, you know, I was just kind of doing it cause I loved it. And, um, I was making my own music at a, as the, at the time, just like as a joke, like for mm-hmm. like funny music and stuff like that. I was I was kind of doing like Lonely Island, like parody type music, mm-hmm. um, just for fun, just fucking around, just like having fun producing and recording and stuff. So then Chris Webby moves upstairs and he's like, "I'm a rapper from Connecticut," and I'm like, "What do you mean you're a rapper? You're white?" <laughs> like, there, were, <laughs> there were no white rappers back yeah. then. It was like Asher Roth. Like I don't even know was it, if he was a thing yet. And then Eminem, like that was yeah. it. So I'm like, "What do you mean you're a rapper?" <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, dude, he was like kind of popping and like, he was, this is like, going to be a dated sentence, but he was like kind of popping on MySpace. Yeah. You know, like there wasn't, YouTube wasn't <laughs> that big yet. And like MySpace, yeah. he was like kind of popping off and had like a lot of traction on MySpace. So, mm-hmm. so he, he and I like really hit it off and I recorded him for a couple of years and like he got bigger and bigger as the years went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was like the first person where it's like. You know, I became the guy that like produced for Webby. You know yeah, what I mean? And then yeah. like that led to another guy, and that led to another guy, and like you know, eventually led to me meeting Mike, and then mm-hmm. I started working with Mike. So, um, with music, I got a lot of lucky breaks, and then the fact that I could also do videography, you know, on yeah. top of that, then it's like, oh shit! If you're an up and coming musician, this guy can like record my vocals, you can produce my tracks, you can shoot my music videos. You know, yeah, you can do it all. Yeah, I had the package. I, I had the passion tree to go up there and be a hype man. If you needed me to be a fucking hype man, I did yeah. it. I, I was a hype man for a kid uh, who did shows in, a show in Boston, and he opened for Mac Miller one day in Boston, and like I was there being his fucking hype man before before Mac came yeah, on the stage, you know. Dope. And yeah. this was like we you know when when the album Kids came out. It was so old. Yeah. It was such a long time ago. So oh, yeah. I've been around the block, man. You know, I've. Uh, I came up in like this whole music scene and, um, you know, you can call it like frat rap or whatever you want to call it. That's, that's what I came up, came up in, you know? And, uh, and yeah, here we are, man. I'm working with Mike now, you know, full time for the most part, you know, alongside a few other artists, but, and now I'm kind of like his, one of his lead creatives, uh, videographers, you know, we do a bunch of stuff together. So that, there you go. There's the intro. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're in like the perfect state to do it though. being in New York. Cause you have so like just so many different artists period that are there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was in New York for like nine years cause I, I went there for school and then I lived in New York city for five years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, then after that I, I moved to LA with Mike and the guys, that's when we all started to live together and work together. And that was like another five years. And then we said, fuck L.A. because it was just like during the pandemic, it was L.A. sucked. It yeah. was like literally you couldn't the, do anything. Dude, the worst city. It was the worst city for so many reasons. I'm not going to sit here and bash L.A., but like it was pretty bad. Uh, so we got out of there and then we've just been moving around the past year and a half. You know, like we've Nom- lived in nomadically. We've lived in seven, seven cities in the last year and a half. And uh, we couldn't tour for three years because of the pandemic. So like it, it was just a great time to kind of move around, get out of our comfort zone. And, uh, because of it, you know, like we, we all 
started just getting better at our jobs and you know a lot of the businesses started to take off more and more and i think we attribute it i think to like moving around so much and just kind of getting out of our comfort zone uh, I also attribute it to us growing mullets, but that's just me. <laughs> it's I, kind of coming back. No, it is in. I think there's yeah. some, the uh, second micro mullet and I grow mullet, like we've never, our, our careers have never taken off faster. So I, I don't know. There's some <laughs> Texas football players that like rocking mullets. Well, even that too, there's, like the boys at the channel I watch. Yeah, they the like, boys, they all rock they all mullets, mullets too. Dude, the mullets are coming back. They're making a strong comeback. And you know, yeah. I get the... I got the uh, unfair advantage of like the curly headed mullet, you know. Yeah. So it's I'm I'm just going for it, but uh, it looks good when you have a hat on with the flow yeah. coming out on the back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've never been able to wear hats. Maybe I can start, but so yeah, we've been traveling for a year and a half, and then now, dude, uh, you know, I think I'm thinking about settling in Nashville. Okay. Uh, Mike is very indecisive, so like he'll, <laughs> he he was all about Nashville for like years, and now he's like, oh, I don't know where I want to live. Yeah. I'm like. I, I know y'all are in AZ a lot. Y'all are in Scottsdale yeah. area all the time too. Yeah, so. I'm like I'm kind of leaning towards Nashville. I'm going to be looking for houses next month. Uh, it's it's weird because like I'm I'm finally getting my own place, and it's like mm. you know the frat house is finally disbanding. Yeah, <laughs> after like five six years, so it's going to be weird. But I, I like the idea of Nashville because one, it's a, like a music hub and it's exciting and it's fun and and it's uh it's near my family in Boston because like before you know LA to Boston, it's like a whole. Yeah. It's a whole thing to travel there. So I'm excited to uh, kind of be a little closer to the family. I would never guess you're from Boston or like spend all that time in New York. You just don't give off that strong like accent. Dude, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Because like <laughs> I had the Boston accent before. And I, you know, I only lived there since I was, eight, I was 18 and then I went to school in New York. And then I was in New York for nine years. But Long Island is like similar to Boston. It's like abrasive. Just like these abrasive Italian people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like once I got into recording and stuff like that, I was like, you know, you listen to your voice enough where you're like, oh, I can't sound like that. <laughs> so I, I've kind of neutralized my speech a little bit. Y'all stayed in uh, one of my idols houses, too, for a while. I stayed in one of your idols houses. Marcus Stroman. Oh, Stroman. Yeah. Big Stro guy? Big, yeah. Big Stro guy. Big Stro guy, he, he yeah. Dude, well, I've, known, was, uh, I've known Marcus as long as I've known Mike. Yeah, well, because they went to school together. Well, I, yeah, I didn't know him that long, but like Marcus was at, I mean, I, I filmed like pretty much every Mike show ever. Mm -hmm. um, there's There was like a few in like the early years that like I missed, but not many, but like a couple. But like the first show I ever filmed for Mike, like I saw the footage, um, I believe it was at Toad's Place in Connecticut. Uh, was, I think it was there. And in my... Marcus was I have the footage and Marcus is there on stage like like a hype man fucking like throwing a shirt around and stuff and like I look back at the footage I'm like holy shit Marcus was there <laughs> so I've literally I've known Marcus for like a decade it's That's crazy dope. yeah, yeah. Man, he's yeah. like you know he's just like a very close friend and I fucking such a nice guy man I played baseball and I'm short and <laughs> he plays baseball and he's not very tall so yeah um, like yeah. yeah and then just his, his swagger and everything um yeah, I, I his soft yeah. is I guess his sophomore year in the MLB is like when I found him. I didn't see, I didn't, and, and um, really when he got hurt and he came back after his injury, um, it's crazy to think he's been in the league for what like seven years, eight years, something like that. Yeah, twenty fourteen is when he got drafted. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild to me. You know that it's been seven eight years, yeah. um, and just the shape he's in now. Yeah, and like I, I mean I know I'm biased because like I've seen it firsthand. Like I, I've seen him train. Like we oh were, his work ethic is we crazy. Were, we were just um, we were in Malibu um, a couple months ago, and he was out there training at Pepperdine University, and like I got to actually go and like watch him and film him work out and like see what he does. Guy's a fucking <laughs> guy's the most he, athletic pitcher. He's he's a I, freak, I, dude. He's doing like like handstands and shit like he can like just literally just balance 
in a handstand and like do like these leg pumps while he's in his hands. And stuff. That's I'm like, crazy. I'm yeah, like, that's what crazy. The fuck? Like there, there ain't no pitchers in the MLB doing that. That's <laughs> no. crazy. He's doing all these workouts that like you just that's don't crazy. see pitchers doing. You know, he's he's hands down the most athletic. Like he'll he could pitch till he's forty two if he wanted to. You know, he could pitch. I hope really. so. I love watching him pitch. <laughs> I don't know if he wants to. Like I don't think he wants to, but he uh, he could. He like he, his body could allow him to pitch. For like another ten years, if you wanted to, I think he's gonna do good in Chicago. He's gonna do amazing. Yeah, he's gonna do amazing. He's gonna do good in Chicago. And we have a we, our show in Chicago is an off day, and he's gonna actually be at the show. That's, That's pretty dope. dope. Yeah, yeah, so uh, he'll be able to you know perform with Mike for a couple of songs and stuff. Yeah, that, that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so how how you said you lived in all these all these seven cities in a year? Like how is it like? I guess being like a nomad. Yeah, nomadically. It's traveling. a love hate, man. It's a love hate. It's like. It's necessary, but it's uncomfortable, man. It is, you know. It's. I w- we were just talking on a recent episode of our podcast about the uh, book Atomic Habits yeah. by James Cleary, and it's hard to get. It's hard to adapt healthy habits when you're constantly moving, you know, because you have to like constantly like adapt and you know like when you think about healthy habits, you think about, you know, like exercise, eating healthy and all this. And it's like everywhere you go, it's like, all right, well, I got to find a new gym. I got to find a new running route. I got to find where the supermarkets are to get the healthy food. And like, you just got to get, you know, like just redo everything every single fucking month and a half. So, uh, to, to that extent, it's very uncomfortable, but it, again, like it, it was, it was so, so helpful for us, you know, cause you could just, you never get too comfortable. You never like fall into a bad routine because you're constantly like reinventing yourself in a way and um it's kept us on our toes and it's uh in some places like you know when when we were in montana we stayed in like this ranch outside of missoula montana for like a month and a half about a year ago and we weren't we weren't around anything like the closest town was 20 minutes away and it was a population of 800 people yeah (laughs) and we we were on this 100 acre ranch and there's just like nothing to do other than just like buckle down catch like a peaceful vibe you know and then work that was it yeah and like when you put yourself in those situations like you get a lot of shit done you know like i would just i'd sit down i'd wake up i'd like you know go for a little walk see some deer running around see some elk come back to the house and just fucking work all day because there's nothing else to do Mm -hmm. and we got a lot of fucking shit done and uh you know each place we've been to some have been more distracting than others for sure (laughs) (laughs) like when when we're in nashville i don't know if we got any work done but um but yeah, dude, it's just like moving around is good and like it gets you out of your comfort zone. And, you know, you hear these stories of people who are afraid to leave their hometown, you know, because it's like it's all they know. And, and, you know, it's the unknown of going somewhere else, not not knowing anybody or not having job security or whatever. Like it's it's scary, you know, to not know where you're going to go next. Um, and all I can say is like myself and any other story I've heard of someone who like made the leap to just like get out there and try something new. It's always been a successful outcome. Yeah. That's dope. That's yeah. I dope. bet it was peaceful out there in Montana, too. You have no idea, bro. <laughs> it looked fun, too. Beautiful. Just like, oh, with man. all the snow and, like, because yeah. honestly, um, that's when I showed him Mike's, like, first, like, song. Because I, fa- I found y'all specifically through the podcast that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of, like, during the pandemic and stuff, that was kind of how I gravitated towards you guys. And then... Then I was like, oh, their podcast is phenomenal. Then Ball Don't Lie with Johnny, and mm-hmm. I started watching that. And then I was like, oh, Mike, because my friends had told me about Mike Stud. And I was like, yeah, Mike Stud. And I was like, oh. And then like I just tied the two together, and I was like, oh, that's Mike too. So it was yeah. it was crazy to see it like, come mm-hmm. full circle. And then mm-hmm. watching the documentary, like seeing how we all traveled nomadically, I guess like uh, what was your favorite spot? 
when you yeah, were traveling. Yeah, that's, that's tough. We, we talk about this all the time. Like Mike asks me all the time. He's like, what was your favorite spot? And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know. Because <laughs> each spot has like its own thing, you know? Like, yeah. And he's the same way. He's like, I don't know. Um, but like Montana was like, I love Montana because like it can't be replicated, you know? Like there's nothing like it. Like that house and that land, uh, it was like nothing I'd ever seen in my life. It's a, It was 100 acres. And um, on the land, like it had its own like saloon and like bar on the property wow, that's cool like just for that property and it had like horses it was a ranch like you could like just go fuck off and see horses and donkeys and like and on the flip side there's like fucking mountain lions and like cougars and shit that can kill you so that's scary too <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were going on a hike around the premises uh-huh. and i looked down and i just saw a fucking deer hoof damn that, just the hoof <laughs> Detached from the like the entire deer, yeah. Like all they left was that boy the boy work. <laughs> <laughs> the deer is it called a hoof. Deers have hoofs. I don't know, but whatever it was, it was like the bottom of a yeah. fucking deer leg. Yeah, and I'm looking around. I'm like, man, like there's some fucking wolves or something around. Like you'd hear the wolves at night howling. So like it's on the flip side. If you stand out there, you could get yourself fucking killed. Yeah, but beautiful and like it can't be replicated. And like everywhere we've been has been nothing like that Montana place. But uh, you know, on the other side of things, when we were in Nashville, we stayed right on. Uh, Broadway, like right, Broadway yeah. is like the main bar, like where all the bars are. Mm-hmm. And that mile radius, there's, they got to be like two, three hundred bars, you know. Yeah, yeah it's, a lot. No, it's like it's, I, I've seen the street; it's crazy. Yeah, bro. so and it's uh, they compare it to Austin. I thought Austin's a little bit better. It's uh, like Sixth Street, dirty. We were talking about. So like, like <laughs> I, when, when I when we were here uh, six seven months ago, I feel like there was still like pandemic mm-hmm. vibes going on down here. Um, it was around like Fourth of July. And now, the last time I went down here this time around, like, dude, there was, like, fucking fire trucks going by, ambulances, like, people getting loaded into ambulances, EMTs and stuff. I'm like, man, Austin's fucking turning up. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I really, I, it gave me the the Nashville vibe this time around. Mm. But last summer, Nashville was one of the first places to um, lift the mask mandates. Mm-hmm. So, like, they were just going fucking nuts. Like, all last summer, like, they were just going fucking crazy. Like, everyone was traveling there because, like, it was the only place to yeah. just go party. Uh, so, we were living right in the thick of it. So, like, on the opposite of that peaceful vibe in Montana, we then go here and it's, like, we're just thrown into, like, you know, first time a city can party in, like, two years. And, like, it was, like, a whole different kind of energy. Like Were y'all there when they closed, like, at 11, though? Like, it was open, but it was open only to, like, 11? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think, I don't think so. I think it was later it was later yeah because i i went and they the it was when the mask mandate just lifted and we got down there yeah but like right when we got down there everything started closing so we we're only down there for like 30 minutes we're like the hell yeah no i think it might have been a little bit after that and uh no we were definitely out past 11 for sure but dude it was like from thursday morning to like sunday night the whole city was just getting fucking shit faced yeah there was like 20 bachelorette parties bopping around on those little fucking like the, yeah, little yeah, yeah, yeah. moving bars that you kind of like <laughs> yep. they're, yeah, they're yeah, just go in the middle of the street they're just riding yeah. 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 and if you just crazy. like look at them and go hey they go woo like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I'd wake up and like my window would be open in my bathroom and I'd hear the woos every like from thursday morning to sunday night you just wake up to the <laughs> And it's like fucking 9.30 a.m. Just people getting fucking hammered all day. So like it's hard to focus in that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
But again, it was a lot of fun. Because you just hear it and you're like, damn, <laughs> now I want to go get a hammer. It's not having fun. So like a good detox, like going from Montana to that, like, or not detox, but like a change of pace. I yeah, guess. dude, it's all about balance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I, I could never live in downtown Nashville. Yeah. Know? Like I want to move there, but I want to move, you know, like 10, outside, 10 yeah. minutes outside, you know, yeah. so I can get that if I want it, but, or I can just catch a peaceful vibe, you know? Mm. So it's all about the balance for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess with all that going on and stuff, then I guess like from a timeline standpoint, the highest came out. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess talk to me more of how that wave was for you. Um, I know Mike talks about it, but for you, like doing orchestrating a lot of it and helping him out with a lot of it, mm-hmm. shooting all the videos. I know you make a ton of lyric videos, TikToks, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so how's that been? How's that wave been? Uh, very successful project. I love it. Listen to it all the time. So I'm curious, like from your end, how busy did that make you? And then also, were you proud of everything that, you know, you did with it visually? And all yeah, stuff? no, I'm dude. I, I mean, for the listeners of this podcast, Mike is one of the biggest independent artists in the U S like I would say he's easily like a top five mm-hmm. biggest independent artists. A lot of artists are signed. And when you're signed to a major label, you get those like amenities where like they can take care of a lot of shit for you because they're taking such a large cut of your profits. Mm-hmm. In this case, like it all start our, our success starts and ends with us. And like we're a very small tight knit group and I handle all the media and like you know have you as have you as you've seen like we put out a lot of fucking media, you know, yeah. whether it be and when the highs came out, you know, we really stepped stepped it up. Um we started taking advantage of TikTok cuz it's like uh just got to. Yeah, the way like the algorithm works uh it's just like the best way to get your shit out there, you know. So we kind of like stopped doing music. We still do music videos, but like we just kind of changed our approach on them mm-hmm. where, you know, like it almost was counterintuitive to make and put all this time into one music video that you put on YouTube and then like you'd get all your fans to be like, "Hey, go check out my music video on yeah. YouTube." You're like, "It's almost counterintuitive. You're promoting the thing that's supposed to promote your music, which like didn't make sense." Um where back in the day, like YouTube was the outlet. You put a video up, and that was the outlet for people yeah. to, like discover you and find out about you. Yeah. Now, not, now it's it's TikTok. You so like TikTok. It's now it's like it's vertical. First of all, so that's been throwing me off. It's like now it's like you're shooting with like the intent of making something vertical, which is like for a videographer, it's very strange. But yeah, I'm I'm, a, no, I'm yeah. trying to adapt, and and you're like it's almost like more uh, engaging to like not have like these like hyper edited clips you know what i mean so like if you look at mike's tiktok it's just like these like little like 30 minute segments of like a take you know what i mean yeah and it's not really edited it's just kind of like a little like just like this little like micro piece of music video that's not really edited it's just Mm -hmm. like a little take of like like, normal stuff like walking around yeah walking around just like delivering the lyrics or like hanging out with people or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like you now have to do like we, we put out three or four tiktoks a day you know we like we have a whole team that uh, just focuses on posting on TikTok three or four times a day. So, you know, like Mike has 23 songs on the new album. We shot like, you know, probably like five or six TikToks for every single one of them. And like, we just kind of like throw them out there and TikTok's great. It's the best way to get discovered for the lowest cost, you know, as a musician, I, I recommend it to anyone. Uh, and then on top of that, which is like a lot of content already, Mike had the bright idea of like, Hey, let's make a documentary to go out with the album. So we made a documentary that's 42 minutes long called Life Got Crazy. We released it to, um, you know, our, our only Steve's on like the, on the membership platform early and it just came out publicly a couple days ago. And that was, I mean, I've never, I've never really edited something to that magnitude before. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it wasn't just about our last year and a half. It kind of like tells the story of like kind of who we are. And I, I was digging footage of like, you know, from shit like 11 years ago, you know, and it's, I'm not the most organized guy with my footage. So like, I'm like, I have like 20 hard drives I'm digging from I'm like, fuck, where's that one clip from fucking 11 years ago? And like putting that together was a lot of fucking work, you know, and I'm, I'm super proud of that. Um, have you got, have you seen it? Yeah. I've watched it like three times cause I watched it before, yeah. um, it was released to the general public and mm-hmm. then, uh, now it's for the general public. I, I've like had it on. I don't know if you've seen it, but I've, I've had it on a lot. I like, I love it. Right on, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. The, so that cool. I mean, that, yeah, I, I I watched that and I like fucking start tearing up. I'm like, oh fuck! <laughs> it like puts the whole ten last ten years in perspective. And you're brings like, back oh, a lot of memories too. Yeah, yeah that cool. too. Yeah, I mean, we, dude, we talk about it all the time, and like I, that's why I love my job is because, you know, I I got I had the gift of being able to work with my friends the last ten years. You know, yeah. travel the country, like have good times, meet a lot of people, and uh, my job was to capture it all. And if I didn't capture it all, uh, I don't know if we'd remember. Uh, any of it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. you know we like you know we we partied a lot and you know we 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 weren't as present as we'd like to be. You know uh, we're working on that now, but back then, I mean, we weren't present at all. We were just kind of living in the moment and having a good time. And um, the fact that I I filmed it all, I mean, it's it's such a gift to be able to look back and be like, man, like I, that's dope. We got to do all that, you yeah. know. So that's my favorite part of all of it. Uh, and then on top of the documentary and the TikTok stuff, you know, we have this podcast we've been doing for two years, the YNK podcast. So you put all this fucking content together. It's like, man, it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot. Um, and you know, it's not just me, you know, we have a team of, uh, you know, we have a bunch of interns that work with us that are great. We have some employees for the YNK podcast. We have a guy that runs Mike's TikTok. So it's a, it's a team. It's a yeah. big team that runs all this content, but it's, it's so necessary when you're independent and you don't have like this endless, um, like budget to go towards marketing your music, mm. you know, we just flood everyone with like, you know, really good content. And that's been the best way to, to market Mike as an independent artist. Yeah. So since y'all are all, since y'all, he's independent, what is, what is like one of the biggest things that like, I guess hurts y'all in a way from like that y'all can't have since that a big record label would have. Um, there's access honest, to stuff. Honestly, there's not a lot of downsides. Like I, I, um, the reason why people signed uh, to major labels is because like they have a lot of artists like have no leverage in the beginning because they're relatively un even if they're talented like they're relatively unknown and there's so much competition today like it you know there's a stat that I talk about where like I think it's like five hundred thousand songs get uploaded every week on Spotify or something like that. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. yeah so so like you know if you if you're coming up as an artist and you're not that well known yet even if you're talented it's like someone are like the record labels job is to like discover people before they're well known. So they have leverage to be like, you know, here's a couple hundred grand sign, sign with us and we'll give you like the amenities you need. Whereas Mike, it's like, he kind of powered through it and he caught like a big wave of success, you know, relatively speaking, a pretty big wave of success early on where it's like, okay, we can do this ourselves. And now at the level we're at, it's like, there's no downside to being independent. It's all, you know, like he keeps the majority of his, uh, of everything. And like, you know, there's the only downsides is like, you know, there's, there's stuff where, you know, like all of us wear many hats. Um, there's probably like four or five of us that work the main people that work for him. And like, we all wear many hats and, um, there's some stuff that I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? You know, like there's like, like legal stuff I'm doing. I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause like when, when you, uh, a lot of people don't realize like when you, 
when you work on a song and there's like three or four people like producers and writers and stuff that are attached to the record like every one of those people need to have individual contracts and like you have to negotiate who gets how many royalty points and publishing points and like like what the fees will be and like everyone has to sign and like I'm you know right now I'm helping Mike with that stuff and I'm like dude like I'm I don't know anything about any of this. <laughs> and it's like, it's just like tedious and it's hard and there should be like, you know, a law, there should be like a, like a lawyer division like doing this stuff, which like if you're assigned to like Sony, like Sony has a whole law division, like they just do that for you, you know? So it's like, and that type of stuff, we're kind of just winging it, you know, we're doing it, but we're winging it. Have y'all thought about getting a lawyer? What's that? Have y'all thought about no, getting a lawyer? No, he has a lawyer. Oh, he has a lawyer? It's like, it's, and like the lawyers help, but you know, they bill you by the second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And when you're independent, it's like, you know, if if they're the only, if they're in charge of it solely, like, you know, it's going to stack up. Yeah. Versus like, you got a homie to kind of like help you out, which is what I'm doing. You know, yeah. It's, so like that type of stuff, I'm like, eh, I don't know, like maybe I shouldn't be doing this because I have no experience. I'm just kind of winging it. And then like when you, again, when you plan a tour, um, Tour production's fucking hard, man, especially at the level we're at. You know, it's not, you know, Madison Square Garden, but the venues are getting a lot bigger. And um, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, thankfully, I'm not involved with a lot of that. Thank God. Uh, I'm just involved with like the media aspect, which is also, you know, stepping up and it's getting more yeah. intricate and stuff like that. But producing a tour, man, it's like Mike's putting all the money up himself. You know, there's no label to be like, we'll pay for your tour. Mike's paying for the tour bus, he's paying for the employees. He's, you know, there's a lot of upfront costs to go yeah. on tour, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's honestly not as profitable as people think because yeah. there's a lot of shit that goes on. So, you know, a lot of these logistical things that we do ourselves, it is a pain in the ass. It'd be nice if someone else did it to us, like did it for us. But at the same time, you know, these label deals, they're taking, you know, 80%, 90% of an artist's income, you know? Yeah. So it's like, is it really worth it? So, yeah. Because I was watching, the um, reason I brought that up, I was watching the Kanye documentary mm. and um, in the documentary, when he first got signed to um, Jay Z, he um, they wouldn't give him like uh, booth time, like they wouldn't pay for his booth time, and then they wouldn't. Um, what was the other thing they didn't do? They didn't pay for something else. Um, but I didn't know like how much that like affects y'all versus like that's their money and they're doing that for you. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah, all I can say is being independent is like the way to do it right now. Yeah. And the industry is changing massively. And like, you know, we, we started this monthly subscription platform, yeah. which a lot of musicians aren't doing yet, which I think is really weird. And I, I get there's a negative stigma with like OnlyFans and stuff like that. And like, you know, artists might think it's corny to have some like multi-membership thing because it like it's reminiscent of like girls, you know, showing their titties and charging money every month. But um, dude, it's been life changing for us, especially as an independent artist. You know, we have full control over all our creative materials and it's not for everyone. It's not for the masses. It's for like the top 10 percent fans, you know, which yeah. every artist has, you know, their top 10 percent of fans that will you know, that will do something for like a better experience. They'll pay for a closer yeah. experience to you, you know, whether it's more music or uh, like vlogs or, or whatever, just like a better experience, a closer experience with that person. Uh, and Kanye was a great example of that. You know, he is, is fucking bizarre, but he released this like music player. That's $200. I forget what it's called. I wear his new albums on like the music player. Mm -hmm. and it's like 200 bucks. And like the first day or two, he sold uh, $2.2 million worth of it. 
What the hell? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't remember what it's called. I know what you're talking about. It was because it's uh, Donda Two's on there. Yeah, yeah. It's for Donda Two. Yeah, I was well, like, yeah. What and, it's like, and it's like a yeah. physical music device, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's two hundred bucks. So people were like going not like bitching about it. They're like, I'm not paying two hundred dollars for fucking Kanye's new album. But guess what? Some people will pay two hundred dollars yeah, exactly. for Kanye's new album because exactly. two point two million dollars worth of people paid for it. Yeah. You know. And there's no label that's taking cut. Like he's just like fuck it, you know, fuck the masses. I'm just gonna like I'm gonna go towards my top one percent or five percent of fans that really fuck with me. And I'm gonna put something out there that, that they can have that's like special. Yeah. Each you know? each artist has like their own cult following, like fan base. Yeah, yeah, of course. They so get, like they're they're gonna support you no matter what you do. Yeah, and yeah. Even in for in Kanye's shoes, like even people that aren't cult fan bases, like cult fans of him, they're still gonna get it because it's Kanye. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so. he's, he's he's one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Yeah. And it's just one of those things is like, like you said, it's a memorabilia type deal. It's like, there's only 11,000 units yeah. for yeah. Kanye. 11,000 units is, is nothing. It's nothing. fucking yeah. it's nothing. It's nothing. But he made a couple million bucks yeah. in a couple of days. He's, you know? he's, he's a genius. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, when we, like, now that we're looking at this like subscription model thing where it's like, you know, we charge, you know, five bucks a month or whatever. Uh, for Mike and like he puts out two songs a month that like you know aren't public and he puts out all these like studio vlogs and stuff like that and we give away money to our fans every month yeah. and we have all these cool experiences where we like fly people out to our house and fly them out to a show and like we can do all this like special it's, it's a win-win you know what I mean mm-hmm. like the real fans like we're giving them a really cool experience for like not a lot of money and um, and it's very beneficial for us you know financially do you see a problem with the subscription service because I, I don't because I mean it's been a thing for a long time it's like just Patreon yeah Patreon and, and Twitch have yeah. been like around for a long time yeah I, it, I, I can't speak on Twitch um, but I can speak on Patreon uh, the, the company we use is called Famigo and mm-hmm. like, yeah. they, they reached out to us a year and a half ago they're like relatively brand new a year, year and a half ago and they were just launching their monthly subscription model and we're like we're pretty much like their guinea pigs like their first people mm-hmm. to do it now we're involved in the company and like we have equity in the company and we're a part of them but their big thing is they take five percent that's it five percent yeah. where patreon takes like 12 percent only fans takes like 20 percent and uh like youtube has one that takes 30 percent i think instagram <laughs> instagram just Instagram's like beta testing one right now and yeah. they take it like 60%. Yeah, that's ins- that's insane. For Twitch, it depends who you are. Really? Um, so the bigger, do you, do you follow any gamers or know no, any gaming not names? Not really, no. Um, so like there's a guy named Nick Merckx. Um, mm-hmm. He gets, so it's five bucks to subscribe. Yeah. And for him, he gets three ninety nine. Um, for everybody that subscribes, so he gets three hundred three dollars and ninety nine cents. Four bucks out of five? Yeah, yeah, four bucks out of five. Yeah, see, even that. But dude, see, if, if somebody subscribed to me, yeah. I get two fifty. Twitch gets two fifty. Wow, but yeah. even dude, even four dollars—that's he's losing twenty percent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's like the standard. Whereas like this Famigo company, like dude, five percent plus transaction fees, which is another like two three percent. So yeah. like you're well well under ten percent. You're keeping like the majority of it. Yeah. Uh, so that's dude. It's been it's been great working with that company, and like they're awesome, and like they're 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 developing more and more and making the making like their app uh, or their website better and better and better. So we've built with them, and it's been grassroots, and it's been it's been really great. And again, like. You know, if I, I don't know, like say Mike has a couple hundred thousand fans, like we're only really going like right now, we only have like 10,000 people that we're really like catering to. Yeah. Yet, yet we're only we're only catering to 10,000 people. Yet it's our fastest growing business and one of the most profitable businesses yeah. we have for 10,000 people versus going after the masses of like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. So I don't know. I think pe- people are going to like start seeing that being famous isn't all it's cracked up to be. 
signing with a music label is not all it's cracked up to be. And if you just grow like a grassroots fan base, you don't really need that many people to become very profitable and very successful. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about making an, an, an NFT? NFT, yeah, dude, we think about it. We, we've been, <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Like, I'm honestly sick of hearing about it in our house because, like, we've, we've been talking about it for over a year. It's been, like, 14 months of us. Uh, and, you know, Mike always sends me these articles, like, oh, look who just made millions of dollars selling an NFT. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not against NFTs. Like, I know, like, Gary Vee and everyone preaches about NFTs. Like, it's the future. With music, uh, the only company I've seen that, like, I really fuck with is called Royal. Have you seen that? Mm-mm. So Royal has um, a bunch of big artists behind it, but essentially, you can like sell equity of your music. You can sell like ro- like the the royalty equity of your music in the sense where, say you sell like say Mike puts out a song and he's yeah. like I'm selling fifty percent equity of this song in the form of NFTs or whatever, and like however much you buy, you then get like the royalty payouts every quarter or like whatever it is like every quarter or whatever so like say you own one percent of mike's song however much that cost like you're now getting one percent return of, hmm. of that song you know so like you're almost like a you're almost like a, an investor of like a song which is like really cool that's dope yeah yeah and like in that sense it's great like if you need money up front you can like just sell like these nfts where you sell like ownership of your music where you no longer need a record label because like that's what they do. Record labels like they give you money. You can you can decide. You can be like, I want to sell ten percent of the song. I want to sell fifty percent of the song, and then like those royalty payouts will go to those people who buy it. So you get like a immediate. You you own a piece of that that asset, which is worth money, and you're getting a return off of it every quarter or whatever it is. That's dope. So it's really it's really dope. Like anyone can be like a quote unquote like executive producer of a song, which is really sweet. That's dope. Yeah. Are they a newer company? Yeah, they uh they're they're like just launching now i mean they've been building it for like probably the last year or more but like if you look into it a lot of huge artists are like really like into it and part of it and stuff like that and like it's it's great for mike but again like dude the subscription model is like really working for us so it's like it comes down to like i don't know if both can exist and if they can uh i don't know it'd be tough like gary v did a really cool thing where he sold his book and like each of his books i think like he said like 12 of the books were equal to one NFT or something like that. So okay. he had people buying like boatloads of books, you know, and like in, in 12 counts and his book sold like over a million copies. Cause like yeah. you had to buy 12 books to get one NFT. That's crazy. So that like that, crazy. that's kind of a yeah. cool concept, right? Like, and you could do Smart. it with albums. Maybe it's hard to do it with albums. Cause like albums aren't tangible anymore. Yeah. Not yeah. many people buy, buy like hard physical copies really, anymore. Really, really, like, like when y'all made that vinyl, it's like, those are like coming back, but it's like, People like love vinyls for like a collectible piece, yeah. but if like you said, if they don't like the artist yeah. like that, then they're just like, oh, I'll just stream it. I have it. Like, yeah. You know, like, so there, you can get creative with NFTs, yeah. and I think it can exist in our our. Uh, but it's just hard. You know, you know, it's like it's a lot of people are doing it as like a get rich quick thing, and like any mm-hmm. any celebrity that has any clout is just like putting one out to get a quick payout, and like I don't know. We don't really want to be that. You know, if we do it, we want it to be beneficial for both parties, not just kind of like this one off thing to just get a bunch of money real quick. So if we can find a way, you know, to do it, we're going to do it. Cause like what y'all do now with the subscription website is kind of what y'all could do with NFTs. Cause exactly. that's what like Gary yeah. Vee does. That's what exactly. Uh, Cause it's, it's called like having utility within yeah. the NFT. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're all about utility and with the subscription model, we're already doing that. You know, like we're giving utility by giving you early music and giving you, um, like videos that the public don't have and giving early releases to stuff and, you know, having, 
being able to fly out and come hang out with it. Like there's all this utility involved with it. So it's like if we did an NFT, it's like how would we make that different? Yeah. You know? So yeah, it's, I guess it's tough. Like one of the things that an NFT place, uh, I guess organization does called Gutter Dogs and Gutter Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, each person that owns one every year, once a year, they'll like it changes from like Miami to uh, Vegas, LA. They play for they pay for your all inclusive trip to go and nice go party. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like a cool thing that um, I thought like because Gary Vee was one of the first ones to do it. Then like people started putting different twists on it, and yeah. theirs was like one of the first cool dope ones. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's but their NFTs are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, NFTs are expensive. Where, yeah. where ours, you know, it's five bucks a month. You know, yeah. So it's like, and it's kind of the same thing. And I granted, you don't own any like. It's not an asset. Yeah. NFT, you own it. It's an asset. It's yeah. worth something. You know what I mean? It can go up, it can go down. You can sell it. This five bucks, you just spend for the experience. So it's a little different in that sense. But it's five bucks. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like... <laughs> you spend five bucks on dumb stuff all the time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A coffee at Starbucks. You know? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, with all the business acquisitions and things like that, um, I know you say you like work with other artists and things like that. And we talked outside about stuff you have going on. Uh, what kind of business interviewers do you have? you know, moving forward, like for yourself, like you have any ideas? I don't know if you want to say it, but it's up to you, but it's anything you like working on or yeah. you want to do like coming up soon or Yeah. Like so that? my life, I always try to have balance. It's always like the Mike side of things. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the John Kilmer side of things, yeah. you know, like I always need that balance cause I'm just a creative person and like Gary V, like I like to just throw the pan against the wall mm-hmm. on creative stuff and just see, you see know, what, what, what sticks. Exactly. Yeah. And like, uh, I used to be self-conscious of that cause I just thought I had like creative ADD, but yeah, <laughs> Gary V like came up with this post where like someone asked him the same thing because he's always doing fucking 12 things at once. You know what I mean? Some of them don't result in anything. Some of them do. But he's like, I have to throw a pan against the wall because then I'll never find out like what works and what doesn't if I don't try. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like I, I feel like I'm the same way in the sense that and that made me feel better about myself because I'm like, I'm always fucking doing that. So um, right now I have like think how many side projects like two or three different things i got going on right now for myself personally um i've always been into filmmaking like i was if i like see myself five ten years down the road like i see myself being a writer director of of films you know because mm-hmm. that's what i want to do since i was a kid and i don't want to get I, I never went into this thinking i was going to be a music video director in my whole life and like music videos like aren't even really like that big anymore yeah or, you know what i mean and like i never really enjoyed it to the extent where like i want to be a music video director my whole life you know i love writing stories and coming up with stories and creating characters and stuff like that so i made my first film uh, in 2018 called the primrose which i like, crowdfunded myself i raised like 20 grand from friends and family and then another like i put in 10 grand of my own money and i shot a feature film for 30 grand which is not a lot of money and uh that was like an incredible learning experience of like doing it all myself. And like, you know, I I had some, I had some friends that like were super helpful in the production of it, which I couldn't have done it without them. But I filled a lot of hats myself. When you talk about like a feature film, like I wrote it, I directed it, I co-produced it. I I hired all the actors. I did most of the editing. I did the sound design. I did the music scoring. I did a lot of shit for it. So that like, after I did that, I'm like, I'm like, this is sick. Like I can do, if I had more money, I can make a fucking awesome movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm in the process right now of uh, my partner and I just finished uh, our second feature film script and we're kind of shopping it around to production companies and uh, you know hopefully it gets picked up. If not, we're just going to shoot it independently again probably a year from now. Did you 
try to talk to anybody at South by Southwest? Because I know, because they before the music starts, they do like a TV show slash movie kind of week. Oh, I, lot, yeah. Believe me, I know. Yeah. You know what's crazy about that, dude? Is like, so independent filmmaking, like it's, it's t- like it's not, it is a thing, but it's like, it's, it's real. No one's really like making it as like an independent filmmaker. Yeah. Like, yeah. like not like no studios, like none of that. Like no one's really doing it. Some people are, but it's like pretty rare. Yeah. Because movies are so fucking expensive to make and they're so hard to sell. <laughs> um, so like, I'm kind of like trying to find ways where I can kind of work my, cause we have this like awesome fan base, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like at our disposal that like just really love us. And I love to get them involved in stuff like this. And I'm trying to like navigate my way into like, you know, how could I be an independent filmmaker where it's like actually profitable and it's, it's tough, but um, some people, some people are doing it. And like, I'm thinking of these, these like ideas where like, you know, if I make a feature film and I'm on tour with Mike, it's like, well, I could kind of piggyback that tour with like a screening of my film. You know what I mean? Where like the day of the Mike show, a few hours before the show, I could just like rent out a theater and say, Hey, like if you guys want to, we have a concert later, but if you want to see my new feature film, come out to this and we'll do yeah. like a Q and a and stuff. Yeah. And like, you know, you probably get a couple hundred people every city. That's yeah. like an unfair advantage that most filmmakers don't have. Yeah. So it's like, I, I have all these ideas of like things I can do with that. Um, but yeah, South by South by Southwest. I mean, it's crazy, dude. Like some independent films will get picked up and they'll get like these distribution deals for like a couple hundred grand. And it's like, well, the movie costs a couple hundred grand to make. Yeah. So like these, a lot of these filmmakers are like psyched to like break even you know yeah. <laughs> on like their first big film and i'm like this can't this can't be it <laughs> you no, know yeah like um jim cummings is like this uh great up-and-coming filmmaker and like he, again he got this distribution deal from south by southwest he won like best film a couple of years ago and they offered him 200 grand and he's like well that was my budget you know like this can't be it <laughs> yeah so like I'm, I'm still trying to navigate this whole like this whole filmmaking thing all i know is like i'm still getting my reps in like i by no means trying to become famous off my yeah. first second yeah. movie because that's not how it works so i'm still getting my reps in but so one of the side projects i'm working on this new movie which uh, i'm really psyched about probably going to film in the next and you know within the next year um i'm starting a new uh, morning show on yeah. spotify called the morning power hour which again, really awesome new innovative platform uh, Spotify is doing through uh, this company Anchor, where you can now integrate Spotify songs right into your podcast, right into your like audio shows. Uh, you don't need to get permission or anything because when people listen to your show and these Spotify songs are integrated into your show, that streaming revenue goes right to the artist. So the artists That's are directly cool. benefiting from you putting their music right into your show. That's cool. That's it's, cool. And it's yeah. Spotify exclusive, which, you know, it's it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Uh, and I think Spotify is great. Anyways, they're taking more market share every year of the podcast world. So like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but it's awesome. Like I, I like having a show. I'm, I'm doing like a morning format where it's almost reviving like the, like morning radio show format where like you kind of have like a talk, talk morning show, comedy, like call-ins, and then you play music like the radio you hear in the radio. Yeah. But now it's like this on-demand thing on Spotify where you could put whatever song, any song that's on the Spotify catalog, you could put right into your show. Anything. Anything you want. That's cool. Yeah, that's and you don't need though. permission, nothing. Because it's, you know, those artists are directly benefiting from it. So say like I have a show, say my show gets big enough where I'm getting like hundreds of thousands of listeners. And I put someone's song that's like relatively unknown, like an up-and-coming artist on the show and hundreds of thousands of people listen to that. That artist is now getting hundreds of thousands of streams on that one song, 
and they're getting the streaming revenue for the, those couple hundred thousand streams. So like if this show gets big enough, which I hope it will over the next couple of years, you can like literally break up and coming artists like the radio does, but you don't need, you don't need permission. You don't need anything. You just take their song, you put it in your show and that's it. You know, there's no lo- like hoops you got to jump through. So how does the like DMCA work? I guess if you do put like, I don't know, let's just say, uh, Drake, just say you put Drake's song in there. Yeah. Like, and you upload that to YouTube. How does the... Oh, you D- can't upload it. You can't YouTube. upload it no. to YouTube? No. No, no, no. So that's, that's why it's like, I'm only doing an audio show right now. It's audio only. And um, I eventually might go into video because, again, Spotify podcasts are now allowing you to upload video. Like, I mean, Joe Rogan's been doing it since he's got signed to Spotify. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You can watch the Joe Rogan on podcast Spotify. on Spotify on the Spotify app yeah. and they just release this to the public now so like on my sh- like say on my show um, it's audio now but say I want to eventually switch to video you can go on Spotify listen to my show and during the talking segments there'll be a video and you can watch it and then when it goes to a song it'll just like it'll flip flip it it'll flip into like the song like you, like you normally would listen to a song on Spotify it'll just go to the song and then when that song's over again the video will pop up for the next segment of me talking that's dope. You know, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. That's and like, and like it's, this is a brand new format. It's called Music and Talk. And like, I, we were uh, hit up by Spotify probably like five months ago when this was like a relatively new format. And like, they asked Mike to do something with it. And Mike was like, oh, I don't know. We already have a podcast. It wouldn't, I mean, there's nothing we can really do with it. And I just kind of like sat on it for a few months. And I'm like, I want to make like a, like, a, like a music show. You know, I think that'd be cool. Because there's like, as far as, um, like music curation and stuff like that. Like there's not a lot of places to like learn about new music other than like Spotify playlists. I mean, like where do you guys look for, for new music? Um, uh, I'll let you go first. For me, it's just it's like discover friends, new like discover new people, friends, word of mouth, word of mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, either we have friends that make music yeah, and then they, I listen to their music and then they put me on like their other people that make music. Yeah. Um, cause like that's how it was for like, I guess Mike. Because I knew Mike when he was Mike Stud because he. Yeah. The only reason I knew him because Strowman was on one of his songs. Sweet. And that's how I found that. That's awesome. And then it rekindled because he started listening to him, and I was like, oh, I know him. So like, so friends. word of mouth, the buzz. Yeah, the buzz. Yeah. 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 What about you? Yeah, word of mouth, the buzz. Um, I don't know if you like looked around like the lyrical lemonade stuff up there. I don't know if you know who Cole Bennett is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we're we're trying to get him to. Uh, like help with our Chicago show. Yeah. He's based out of Chicago. That, right? Yeah. That, yeah. He's like one of my biggest inspirations, just mainly cause he's like our age too. And he's, he's like killing it, killing it, yeah. killing it. So it's like so through I, him, he like, well, he'll like pit an artist. I love how he puts like, people yeah, on. He like like that, that pits people like on. That's like my dream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what I want to do with my show. You know, like yeah. I want to, I want to show where, and again, like we're just talking about how do you find out about music and like, kids like aren't listening to the radio anymore you know what i mean like some people are maybe on their morning commutes and stuff like that but like no one's listening to the fucking radio and when you listen to the radio like you're not really learning about the artists you know they just put the song on and it's a fucking bullshit top 40 song and like whatever they're already big yeah they're already big like why do they need more yeah it's a whole racket the radio like if you knew what goes on in the music industry with the radio it's a fucking racket um where this is like this is just such a pure way to like uh i can just like i can sift through all the music in the world, uh, you don't have to reset that. Or you, no, uh, you can finish, you your thought. finish okay. thought. Yeah. So I, I like I sift through all this music, and like I actually like go out of my way to find artists that I think are really talented that don't have a huge following yet, and I put on like five or six songs every every episode, and I actually like I take the time to either like interview the artist one on one, 
or I just like I look into them and like I, I talk about them a little bit before I play their song and tell them why I like the song. And every every episode, I'm only featuring five or six artists. You know, and some of them are friends, obviously, that people I know, but some of them are people I never met before that I'm like, this guy's dope. I think you should know about him because he's really great. And um, it's just like a cool way to curate music and put on artists that you really fuck with. And there's not really like a platform for that anymore. When I was coming up, there was like music blogs, like goodmusicallday.com and like stuff like that, where you could do that. And it was a blog, but like that's not a thing anymore. And these editorial playlists on Spotify, like they're like it's a whole racket with the music industry, like where so many slots go towards, you know, certain record labels. Like they buy, they buy like certain slots on these big playlists on Spotify. So if you're independent, you're fucked. You can't get on it. Like there's only only so many, and they don't tell you that, but that's how it works. That's crazy. Yeah. So like if you're an unsigned independent artist, which most artists are like, it's, it's really hard to get discovered. It's really hard other than word of mouth. You know what I mean? So like if I can create a show where I can like actually shine light on these talented people, like that's what I want to do. The concept that the that Spotify's doing that's actually dope because it's like yeah. a lot of people have a routine in the morning, mm-hmm. and if that routine gets thrown off, you kind of like your day's not necessarily thrown off. You're like, mm-hmm. what the hell, um, yeah. Um, but like, it's cool because you don't have to listen to a podcast in the morning. Like, if you normally listen to podcasts, I mean, I don't want to listen to podcasts today. Like, I'm listening to music, but mm-hmm. with this one, you get like the best of both worlds because it, yeah. and it gives you kind of like the nostalgia of mm-hmm. an old like radio show like exactly so like the the, the, yeah. the, the, the dope the, the, that is a dope idea and it's in my opinion the perfect time because a lot of old cool stuff is coming back in style right. I think that's going to be like a, a wave that catches on I hope so man I mean I, dude I love Howard Stern I've always been a Howard Stern guy and like his movie Private Parts if you haven't seen it please watch it it's a movie about his it's like a biopic of his life but he plays himself in it it's so fucking awesome and you see his come up in radio and how he was always going against the grain because I mean he's just like a fucking wacko and a sicko like I am and like always like going against censorship and going against you know mainstream media and stuff like that and wanting to do his own thing and have freedom of speech with Spotify it's like within reason you can say whatever the fuck you want you know I know Rogan like they're like false information (laughs) Uh, but like you know I can go on my morning show and like you know talk about you know this time I couldn't get a boner or like (laughs) talk about a time to shit my pants or like whatever I can talk about whatever I want you know what I mean and uh, just being able to like have like this mainstream format of like a morning show, which usually is so buttoned up and corny, and you just flip it on its side and make it R-rated and like say whatever the fuck you want, it's genius. Like yeah. it's, it's a dream come true for me. And uh, the fact that you can only listen on Spotify is like, yeah, it's kind of a downfall. But uh, you know, I think a lot of people have Spotify these days, and like like I said, like their market share is only growing in the podcast space. So. It'd probably take me a few years to really get it off the ground, but I I just kind of like love what it represents, and I I just have fun making it. I don't think it will. I think it's gonna come a lot faster than you, you think. think so? it, yeah, yeah. It's a dope just like me. Yeah, it's, I come it, a lot faster than I think I will. <laughs> hey, hey, sometimes it happens to the best of us, you know. Yeah. So, sometimes yeah. you just can't help it, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it it's dope too because like. I remember when I was younger, when like you did listen to radio in the morning, like um, they're in Nashville now, but like the Bobby Bone Show. Yeah, um, yeah, they were just talking about Mike recently on his show. Like they they like announced like who like each host talked about who they want to have on the show uh-huh. as a guest, and like one of them really fucks with Mike. That's and, dope. And then some of the other ones like shit on Mike. It's weird. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like some of them like like make fun of him, and some of them like love him. It's very split on the Bobby Bone show, but they're based out of Nashville, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. So they used to be based out of Austin. Austin yeah. Okay. Then they got a contract with iHeartRadio. Gotcha. That's mm-hmm. when they moved to. Um, 
yeah, Nashville. I can't but. wait till like an iHeart reaches out to me and they're like, dude, let me pick up your show. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, because <laughs> then I can't, then yeah. I can't say fuck shit, cunt, yeah. cock. I can't oh, yeah. say anything. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but I remember when I was in the car with my mom, like going to school, like I was like, dude, I wish I could just like see what they were doing. Cause like I've always like wanted to do that, like watch it as well, but listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be cool too. Cause you, they're going to implement the video part of Eventually, it. Where, yeah. 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 You can watch like you, Cause we all do antics when we're talking and stuff, yeah. or like yeah. different expressions, and yeah. like kind of like the Breakfast Club in a yeah, way. Yeah, like sometimes yeah. they're funny. Even like Howard yeah. Stern, like dude, Howard Stern, Howard Stern show now in serious. Like I don't subscribe to serious, but I just uh, follow them on uh, Instagram and see the clips and stuff like that. And like, dude, his show's sick. Yeah. Like his set is dope, and he just like sits in his booth and he has a fucking awesome guest every time. It just sits on the couch across from him, and then they have like a live music set up where like if they have music guests, they can just come in and like perform live like that's my fucking dream job you know that'd be amazing just have like someone dope sit across the couch from me and i can just like pop in talk about whatever i want howard stern like completely uncensored he can talk about whatever he wants mm-hmm. uh that's like that's the dream for me like that would be best case scenario yeah that's yeah. dope because that's just that's essentially like what we're trying to do is yeah. like have like a dope guest on every single time yeah someone cool yeah um come on and sit across from us and Talk to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, man. That, that's dope. So yeah. Same passion. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. And that's dope. You guys have been doing it for two years, man. Yeah. Congrats yeah. on that. Seriously. Thank you. It's, it's been, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been rough. Um, everyone and their cousin the past couple of years have started a podcast. And they don't ever. Everyone. Like everyone started yeah. a podcast. It's crazy too because <laughs> it's like I, I talk about it all the time, but I wanted to do a podcast way before podcasts were even cool because oh, i wanted dude. to do it in in high school i made one in uh i made one in 2015 i had a podcast with that's, one of my best friends in 2015 that's when and we graduated yeah, yeah 2014 2015 and dude no one was podcasting in nope. 2014 2015 and i did like me and my buddy did like 50 or 60 episodes of a show so we did it for like a year or two you know and like no one was podcasting back then i kind of wish we stuck with it because <laughs> if yeah. we were like five six years in right now i would have been like it would have been like seven years by now. We would have probably had a huge podcast, but yeah, yeah. You, I, I don't know if you would have took it, but you probably got signed to like a Spotify or Barstool or mm-hmm. excuse me, Apple or something like that. Yeah. yeah, but that's kind of how I was in high school. It was my senior year, and I was like, man, I'm gonna do like a, a podcast. Yeah, and then it's great. Um, he went to go play football, and then I started college, and I was just in class, and I was like. Because I was going to school for uh, communications, and I was going to go do sports communications because I wanted to work for like ESPN or something, mm-hmm. and talk. And then I was like, "Dude, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to be in school. I don't. I, I do not want to be sitting here right now." Yeah. So I stopped, and then the whole time, because he, he went to school in Colorado, and I was here, and we wanted to do the podcast, but we knew that we didn't want it to just be bad or do it over the internet and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole another four years we had to wait to do it, and then that's kind of when. People are like, oh, I want to do a podcast, I want to do a podcast, I want to yeah. do a podcast. So that yeah. kind of sucked. And it's like trendy, you know? Like people yeah. like are like, oh, y'all do a podcast. But every time I tell someone I do a podcast and then they go through our Instagram and like see that we've been doing it for a while and how professional we take it seriously, they're like, oh, it's not, y'all are different. Exactly. Like people. that, the point I was trying to make was yeah. that you've been doing it for two years, which yeah. is, I mean, speaking from experience, I've done the YNK for about two and a half years and it's like, it's a lot, man. It's, it's a not lot. easy. Yeah. And we, we switched to doing it. Every other week. And like, granted, we do the Only Steve's episodes. So like, we're technically doing one every week. But mm-hmm. dude, it's fucking grind, man. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking grind. And, and like, it's getting those reps in and like staying consistent like that. It's hard. 
And like, that's why I love Rogan so much. It's like, I've been doing it for fucking 10 years. And like, yeah. the first seven or eight years, no one really fucking cared, you know? Yeah. But just getting the reps in and sticking with it and like getting into like the hundreds and then the thousands of episodes, it's like, man, that's inspiring shit. You know, yeah. so kudos to you guys, man. Stick Thank with it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Seriously, stick with it. Hasn't, it hasn't. Yeah, I'm sure you know from experience, but it has not been easy by any means. Yeah, yeah. Um, dude. My so. new show. I'm on. I'm on episode five, and I'm like already having self doubt. I'm like, man, this is fucking hard. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. You know, uh, episode five. I'm like, fuck, man. Because we hard. always haven't had a space to record. We always haven't. Yeah. Um, been on the same playing field all at once. So it's like, there's always been like rough patches we have to get through, and yeah. then. I always say like anybody else they, they would have stopped yeah mm-hmm. but we we just kept it ch- we just kept now we're like along. we're in too deep like i want to i mean i was telling you earlier i just definitely want to make it full time like look up to you guys and just other people i'm like yeah. let's see what they do i'm like we can do do it too you know mm-hmm. so it's a uh, i guess transitioning to that would there be any advice you'd give us like yeah dude i mean honestly it's the consistency thing it's yeah. like yeah I, I know i keep talking about atomic habits the book yeah. i just finished it yesterday i just finished the book and um he just gives so many awesome examples, you know, of like people who just like put their reps in. Mm-hmm. And the end of the book is interesting because he uh, he talks about how he he was talking to like a like a strength and conditioning coach who like trains a lot of professional athletes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he asked him, he's like, "What trait does like most of these professional people have mm-hmm. to like make them successful?" Mm-hmm. And the answer that that guy gave, he was like, "It's the people who." Um, who could withstand being bored the most. Mm-hmm. Cause when you get into like these habits of say you're like going to the gym and you're doing, you have to get like five work five or six workouts in a week to become like a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. You do the same fucking exercises, the same routines, mm-hmm. the same fucking thing every day. Mm-hmm. Probably gets boring after a while. Yeah, and absolutely. it's like the, the people that really succeed are the ones who like take it years and years and years. And like, it probably gets boring after a while, but they just do it anyways. Cause mm-hmm. they know it needs to get done. Yeah. You know? And like, there's something to be said about that with podcasting. It's like, you might hit a plateau where it's like your show doesn't get bigger or smaller for like three years. And like during those three years, it's, you're probably like, why the fuck am I doing this? There's self doubt. There's boredom. There's like, you know, I'm not seeing any fucking, I'm not seeing anything that's like wanting me to take this to the next level or like to keep continue going. It gets boring. But the people who like does, can withstand that boredom and just keep going those are the people that become the most successful. It's not a matter of talent. It's not a matter of like if you have like the skill to do it or not because if you keep doing it, you're going to get that skill. You're going to get that talent. Maybe three years, maybe four years, maybe seven years, maybe a decade. Yeah. You know, but it's about who can withstand that boredom of that time where you hit that plateau and you're just like, and there's going to be many plateaus, trust me. You know, some may be a month, some may be a couple of years. Yeah. And like, dude, the YK podcast, like, you know, like I, it's, yeah, it's big, but like, you know, it's, we, we, we hit our own plateaus where it's like, you know, we don't have a huge guest on for like a, like six months. And it's yeah. like, well, fuck, it's just me and Mike kind of like, you know, sticking our thumbs up our ass and talking for a couple of months. And we have no big guests. And like, yeah, we're not getting new traction and we're not getting new eyes. And, you know, it's it, it can be tough. You know, it's like why are we still doing this thing? Yeah. But then we get like, uh, you know, like big guests like we have like Larry King on and we have like Travis Kelsey on. And like then we get that new boost, you know, and it's yeah. like, then it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, we got something going again. You know, mm-hmm. like we got new eyes. We got new people fucking with it. So it's like it's really just who can withstand that boredom. Yeah, that's know? how that's how it is with us, because, I mean, we do the sports podcast and like we both love sports. We love talking about them, but it doesn't move us like having you on, having like a, a guest on someone new. Yeah. And then it's just it just like we shot yesterday and it's just like 
looking forward to this one. And we have another sh- podcast shooting on Saturday. So like getting those guests on, it's like, that's like what me, gets me and Carl's yeah, like, amped up it's to great. shoot. It's great. And like, so, dude, it, it, and it's about the consistency, man. Yeah. It's like, like if there's a week you don't feel like doing it because you had nothing planned and like there's nothing going on, like mm-hmm. just, just get up there and do it for like, even if it sucks, like do it, just do it. Even if it's like 10 minutes long, just do it. You know, like James Clear in that book, he talks about like how if you want to create a habit like running, for example, every day, like start with just like putting your shoes on in the morning, putting your running shoes on in the morning and run for like one minute, you know, just a, just a minute. Like it's not going to do anything. Yeah. But the habit of like putting your shoes on in the morning, getting out the door, actually starting the run, that's by like just like being like, like having that as part of your habit, like that's a win. That's a win. So like if there's a week you don't want to do the podcast, you guys are busy or like you got other shit going on or like you don't feel like doing it, sit down and just do a fucking three minute episode. Put it out, you know? Yeah. You continued the, ha- you can, st- you continued the string of the habit. You didn't break the chain, you know? So that's, I mean, that's the only, that's the only advice I can give for podcasting. Cause it's like, it's just tedious, man. And I know from experience it's tedious and it's, uh, it's grueling and it's, exhausting <laughs> you'll, you'll pit out something you'll be like this is gonna be a banger doesn't do well like all that stuff <laughs> dude we did an interview with larry king who like is the biggest i mean he's the biggest person we've ever had as a guest and we were the last interview probably we did he was the last interview uh before he died like mm-hmm. before he died we were the last people to interview him probably mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure and like it got you know it, it got like it didn't get huge numbers like mm-hmm. not a lot of people listen to it you know that's crazy not that i give a fuck you know like, yeah. i i have detached so much from yeah. like the the outcome that I don't really care but like you'd expect that to like you know bring us to the next level yeah. it was just kind of like a mediocre episode for us and I'm like yeah. fuck man yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you know like dude it's, it's just grueling man but like again if you love the process and you have fun doing it and it's like if you really see yourself down the line like doing this professionally and doing it full time like you can actually envision that then you just gotta keep doing it yeah cause yeah. we we I think here shortly we're gonna start taking it a different way we're still going to do the podcast but we're going to start implementing other videos that's going to get more exciting to watch yeah mm-hmm. to and then we'll just have it all under one envelope like you'll you'll still be able to get the podcast but we'll do other stuff too it'll be more of like a media yeah dude deal. i mean dude yeah. the show i'm doing now like it's it's all audio do you know how hard it is to promote an audio only show yeah it's fucking mm-hmm. really hard <laughs> like um, you talk about tiktok like can like really help market stuff like how do you market and only Oh, audio yeah, only yeah. show like what the yeah. fuck am I gonna do yeah. so that's why like I, I can't wait to set up a studio and like get videos going so I can actually market this fucking thing because it's, yeah. it's tough man you know it's tough yeah. could you like make a video talking about it beforehand oh I'm, I'm like dude, I'm, I'm figuring out how to do it it's just hard yeah. <laughs> you know it's hard and like I, I, it's hard to make engaging content on social media that's like not visual yeah you know it's tough true. it's definitely tough yeah um, one last thing for me um do you have who do you take like inspiration from like doing what you do or i guess two questions that's the first one the second one is it doesn't even have to be music what what are some of your um ideal artists you would want to work with yeah i mean creatively um i I don't think there's a whole lot of people i look up to i mean my role models are my dad and and dwayne johnson that's pretty much it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um my my dad's just like a legend. He's done so many great things in his life and he kind of overcame so many odds and he didn't come from much and he fought in the fucking Vietnam War. He's old. He's fought in the Vietnam War. He saw fucking warfare and he like came out of that as like a 
like even had like, like even keeled person and like went on to do great things in business and like supported a family and all that. So like I really look up to him. Uh, and then I've always been a fan of the rock. Like people make fun of it, but like I, <laughs> since I was 10 years old, I've been a fan of the rock and like just to see what he's done from a business standpoint yeah. and as like an icon and as like as a motivational person, um, I've, I've always looked up to him as well. So like from a motivational standpoint, my dad, Dwayne Johnson, those two guys love it. Um, creatively like yeah of course like in, in film and music there's people creatively i look up to you know like i mean it's, it's so hard to think of them off the top of my head but like the stereotypical like i love tarantino and like you know mm-hmm. in the film world i love all that shit and then uh i love todd phillips who did like the hangover movies he did road trip he did uh old school like a, good movies I, I love all those fucking party movies and he, and he did the joker which is like it i i always say this like if you can master comedy you can do any genre mm-hmm. todd phillips was like known for doing those party party uh, comedies you know like he did the fucking hangover trilogy in old school like he, his movies were about fucking dudes partying mm-hmm. and then he did the joker the, the, the past one yeah dude that movie's so good <laughs> he did yeah. the jo- which grossed like a billion dollars so yeah. like so good. that's see, crazy that's like a 360 you yeah. see a lot of you see a lot of people who started with comedy going to do like incredible dramas and win these awards uh another one is like one of the uh fairly brothers they did like dumb and dumber and a bunch of other comedies uh, one of them like went under. I think he either wrote or directed uh, Green Book, which won best like original screenplay or something. Like they go on to do like these crazy dramas and just crush it. So, anyways, like I I love that. I, I like I love I love uh, comedic people who like comedic writers and directors who go on to do serious stuff. Like I, that's like a dream come true. Like if I could do that, that'd be awesome. Uh, from a music world, the production world, uh, that's tough. Um, when I was younger, like I always looked up to like people like Pharrell and Timbaland and like. Um, who else? I'm sure there's a couple other people, but yeah, mainly it's like the motivational people that I really look up to, you know, people who overcome odds, people who work hard, people who motivate people and like brighten people's day. Like that's the type of people I like. Yeah, and, then, that, and then artists I want to work with. Sheesh. I don't know. I don't know. With, with music, it's tough because I'm an old soul. I look, I like Motley Crue, dude. Like if I could party mm-hmm. with Motley Crue and like make music with them, that'd be sick. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are for that. Do you have like a, 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 a genre that you like specify the best in? Like, or like rap or like that I lo-fi? Like the most? Yeah, like you like, you like work, working the most with. Yeah, dude, I'm an old soul. So like I like, if I'm putting on my Spotify, there's either a playlist where I'm like, want to get fucking amped up and I'm listening to like 80s 80s rock like your fucking mm-hmm. Motley Crue Def Leppard that type of shit which like makes no sense because I n- didn't live in that time yeah, really. yeah. but I just like it I like the pageantry of it all like, I just li- I like rock stars I think they're awesome mm-hmm. and then uh, or the other side is like the music I liked when I was in high school which is like the early 2000s pop punk stuff like Blink-182 some 41 Third Eye Blind that type of stuff yeah um, current music like yeah I like it from a creative standpoint but like it's not really my go to yeah, so okay. it's hard for me to pick like who I'd want to work with, you know, because yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm an old soul. No, I got you. I got you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, um, that'll do it, I guess, on my end and your end. Um, uh, we're going to link all his social medias so you guys can go shout him out. Uh, yeah, follow me. I need followers. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out. Shout out to the boy Mike and uh, the crew back uh, in LT. Um, Stevenson Ranch, the hat, all all the deal. Um we're going to be out there, too. I'm going to at least be out there May 7th uh, for the concert. Sweet. I'll be, out, yeah, I'll be out there. Yeah, man, if you need tickets or yeah. anyone on the guest list, let me know. Yeah. Um, that's going to be our last show on the first leg of our tour, so it's yeah. going to be a great show. Yeah. Um, 
we're expecting like 2,500 people. So it's cool. going to be a big show yeah. and it's going to be awesome. Definitely be yeah. down to yeah, check it out, kick it and all that stuff. It'll be cool. So sweet. Um, thank you again for pulling up on us. Thanks for having really, me, man. really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that'll do it again from another episode of Opinionated Off Topic. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Opinionated Podcast, that's what it's called? Yeah, yeah Opinionated that's Podcast. A, so, the, we have, so that's what our Instagram is called, but we're about to change it all in the future and stuff. So what's um, the official name of the podcast? The official name of the podcast is, is Opinionated Podcast. Opinionated but, Podcast. Yes, but this like segment of the podcast is Off Topic, which is the guest, all that stuff. Nice. Yeah, so... So we have like two different ones. So the way it originally started was was going to be a sports podcast. Yeah. And then I also wanted to have on guests as well. Right. So I thought of the name Opinionated Podcast. And then when the guests come on, since it's not going to be about sports, yeah. it's going to be Opinionated Off Topic. Mm. Opinionated Off Topic. Yeah. Mm. And that will be with the guest. All right. So this is this one is called Opinionated Off Topic. Opinionated Off Topic fucks. <laughs> yes, watch it every week or however often it is every week yeah. every, every friday every, every friday, friday opinionated right. off topic fucks <laughs> i'm john kilmer and we're out of here <laughs>